Stand with me as we read our opening scripture. It's Isaiah chapter number 40. We're going to kick it off in verse number 28. Isaiah chapter number 40 and verse number 28. And the title of this morning's message is Born to Fly. Born to Fly. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, it says, Have you not known... Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow weary. He does not grow faint. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. And even youths will faint and be weary. Even young men will fall and be exhausted. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up, and some versions say soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare this morning that you're going to do amazing things in our midst. And we thank you that we no longer have to be set free because we are free. We no longer have to find our hopes, dreams, and desires because you've resurrected them. This morning, we don't just fly. We begin to soar and ride upon the high places. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You can be seated this morning. And I love how this verse starts out. It says, do you not know, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He does not grow faint and he does not grow weary. I love how that starts out because I know this um, throughout years and years of ministry and I know Damon can attest to it and, and other pastors will, will tell you this, that after a certain time frame uh, that you've been in ministry, there comes a time when weariness begins to set in. There comes a time when you have moments where you think about maybe there's a better option somewhere else. You know, maybe I would rather do something else that's not so taxing on my time, that's not so stressful on my life, that's not so difficult on my family. And whenever you begin to fulfill your dreams and desires, you always take off on a sprint. Am I right? We all know how this works. When you start something, you're going headlong into it. You're going with all your might. But there comes a time when you get tired. And you get weary. But when we serve a God that starts out right here, it says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint. He does not grow weary. If we're going to begin to make a dynamic impact uh, in where we're at in Sulphur Springs, if we're going to continue to have a great influence in this fourth state area, if we're going to take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world, it's going to be because a church does not grow tired, a church does not grow weary, a church does not stumble, and we do not fall, but we rest on these promises that God will rise us up on wings as eagles and we will soar upon the high places. Amen? But here's the thing, we've got to begin to learn how to not grow weary and how to not grow faint in the midst of a growing dynamic ministry that you're doing, amen? I mean, this isn't about a pastor preaching and a church staff doing ministry. This is about the body of Christ, TWBC, the ministry you're doing, the ministry we're doing as the body of Christ, that we do not grow tired and that we do not grow weary. And so throughout this whole series, we're going to talk about um, that today we were born to fly And then we're going to talk about different aspects of the eagle. And so we're going to use the eagle as a theme throughout this whole series. And so some interesting facts about an eagle that you'll start making correlations to uh, as we go through this series is is there's over 50,000 eagles, bald eagles, especially in the United States, or there's, I'm sorry, there's over 50,000 of them in just Alaska alone, and they're scattered throughout all the United States. I know Damon has a video of there's one in his back pasture that he gets to see from time to time when it comes out. Um, This is where, have you ever heard of the phrase eagle? 
You ever heard that phrase, eagle eye? This is where that phrase comes from because the eyesight of an eagle is amazing. It's, the phrase eagle eye comes from their highly developed eyesight, which can spot a rabbit moving almost a mile away. An eagle flying at 1,000 feet can spot a prey across three square miles. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty amazing. And so the, the aspects of the eagle begin to correlate in our lives. And so um, adult eagles generally weigh between, about 14 pounds with females being somewhat larger than the males. Their wingspan is six to eight feet. Six to eight feet wingspan. I mean, that's another foot on each side of my hands. I mean, and, and so they weigh almost 14 pounds. So these, are, these birds are the greatest of the birds. They're at the top of the food chain, literally, uh, it, when you look at, look at birds. Uh, bald eagles primarily feed on fish and waterfowls. And so um, bald eagles can fly about 65 miles an hour and soar at an altitude of 10,000 feet. Planes fly at 20,000 feet. So they're flying at an altitude of 10,000 feet at a rate of 65 miles an hour. And because of the, how large their wingspan is, they can fly or soar for hours upon hours with never landing. In your Christian walk, how far can you keep soaring without landing? We got to get to a point where we don't grow weary, where we don't grow faint, but we can just fly higher. And the reason why they can do that, their wingspans are so large and they just spread their wings. And so they're really not flying. They catch wind currents. And so literally they're floating in the air. You know, it wouldn't be great just start floating over your problems. <laughs> start floating over your current situations, your current circumstances that you don't in the midst of, and here's an amazing thing. And I'll do a message on this in the storm. The eagles don't hunker down in the nest. They fly above the storm. Come on. And so we're going to study a lot of these different attributes. And so um, some of the uh, other amazing thing is bald eagles mate for life. When they choose a mate, it is faithful to its companion until it dies. And bald eagles literally do this. They're the only birds that mate in the air while they're flying. Now, that's crazy. Figure out how I'm going to work that into a message. <laughs> Females in the northern states lay one to three eggs, usually between January and March, and their, uh, and that the peak time is February, and their incubation stage before the chicks hatch is about, about a three-month time frame. So literally right now, all the eagles are being born. While we're doing this series, all the eagles are being born. And so I wanted to end on that point right there because literally it's time for you to be born in a different position. Born in a different position. And so we're going to talk about being born to fly. The eagles are born in high places. Bald eagles nest in trees um, in, in, in regions where there are no cliffs. But they nest in the tallest of trees. And if it's a forest, they nest in the highest tree where it, where it reaches out over the canopy of the forest. And so they can see everything below them. Most eagles, if they're on the east coast, they, they nest on cliffs or side of cliffs at the highest point that they can get. And so they're born with the position of already looking down. They're born naturally in a high place. The Bible says this about your life, and we got to begin to grasp this. It says this in Ephesians 2, 5, and 6. It says, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved, and we always stop there. We love to preach that verse. By grace, you have been saved, and we stop. But here's the thing about this. 
The word of God didn't stop, but we decided to stop it because the Bible literally says that it is by grace you have been saved and raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly, some versions say, high places in Christ Jesus. So just as an eagle is born in some of the highest of places, their natural position in life is this when they're born. They're naturally born in a superior environment where they're constantly already looking down at the circumstances of the world, never trying to fly higher to get to a position to have to look down. They're naturally born in a high place. When you were born again, you were, ne- you were born again into a high place. But the problem is you were born again into a high place, but you're still nesting in a chicken coop. You were born again and seated in a high place or a heavenly place in Christ Jesus. You must automatically begin to start having a position change because you've had a condition change. When you begin to realize I'm having a position change in my life, you'll begin to look at life a little bit different. This is why when we sang the enemy's been defeated this morning, if he's really been defeated, you need to take the position of victory in your life and understand that he's already defeated, not trying to be here saying, I hope this battle turns out good. See, because if you're still looking at the battle and thinking you've got to win it, you're still living by condition, not by position. We in the body of Christ, we must grasp this concept of I will live positionally, not conditionally. I will begin to live positionally because I was born again in a high place, in a heavenly place, in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says I was born in a high place, in a heavenly place, in Christ Jesus, born again there. And he has seated me right next to Christ. So in this, even though we are physically in this world, we are uh, truly positionally seated in that world. And if we really believe Christ conquered everything that he said he did on the cross of Calvary, we must start beginning to live positionally instead of conditionally. So I love this how the eagles are born. From the moment they hatch out of that egg and they walk to the edge of the nest and they begin to look over, they say, hmm, I'm naturally born to be in high places. I'm naturally born to be in high places. Their whole aspect of life is born to be in a higher place. Their whole position is life, in life started out being born in a higher place. When you were born again, the problem is we were, we were told when we were born again, and I'm glad I got out of this line of thinking, that when we were born again, oh, heaven is a great place to be one day. <laughs> That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we were born again and we were seated in high places or heavenly places in Christ Jesus, a position change. Listen to this this morning. God is going to supernaturally change positions this morning in your life. He's going to supernaturally take you out of your condition and put you in a position if you'll let him. See, what the world has taught you over the past 30 years, God can change just like that. And so your mindset of condition your whole life, God says, I want to change, supernaturally change, condition to position this morning. And God will do it this morning, and you will never look at life the same if you will let, let him do it. And some of you are already arguing, well, pastor, I was grown up being told, I don't care what you were grown up being told. And I don't even care, and you can kill that sacred cow of grandmama said. Mm-hmm. Because some of what your grandmama said just wasn't right. 200 years ago, they all thought slavery was right. Come on. 
We got to kill some sacred cows that keep us in a condition and keep us from being in a position. And if you will begin to change your mindset to what the word of God says about you, you'll begin to start viewing things from a position change, not just a condition that you're in. Listen, the biggest problem we face in the body of Christ is not the devil, it's not circumstances, it's not issues. It is the condition of our mind. When we will have a condition, uh, uh, a position change, then we will have a condition change. Here's the thing. If we're going to have a position change, we got to understand this main part. We've got to quit putting periods where God puts commas. We've got to quit putting periods where God puts commas and vice versa. Where God puts periods, you don't put a comma and say, but in my experience, come on. If we are going to truly embrace a position change, we must stop putting periods where God puts commas. And let's go back to that verse we just read. Even when you were dead in your trespasses, a lot of y'all have put periods. God put comma. He put, when you were dead in your trespasses, comma. When you were dead and we stopped and like, yeah, my sin. Yeah, my past. Pastor, if you only knew how bad I was, I don't care how bad you were. Don't drag me into your past. If you're wanting to get out of it, why are you dragging me into it? Come on. And he says, when you were dead in your trespasses, comma, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And we in the, in the, in the church world have done a great job about stopping right there. And we stop right there and we say, oh, praise God, by grace, I've been saved. But here's the problem with that. That term, by grace you have been saved, if you, when you stop right there, it makes you think grace is only there in a time of sin. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible goes on to say that there is this grace that took care of your sin, where sin abounds, grace abounds that much more. But it goes on to say in the book of Corinthians, it says, and God will make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound unto every good work. But the problem is we put a period there and God didn't put a period. We put a verse number there so we just don't want to stop. We want to stop at verse 5 because verse 5 is worth celebrating. But if you stop at verse 5, you'll never really be able to celebrate because verse 5 is celebratable because of what verse 6 really says. Verse 5 is celebratable because we've been saved by grace. Thank you, Jesus. But you can't celebrate being saved by grace until you realize the position that he's put you in. And it says, he has raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And so what part of your life have you narrowed the scope of God's scripture because you've been changing grammar? I like to say it like this. If we'll go back and get a sixth grade English education, we'll read the Bible completely different. Come on. I'm talking sixth grade. Sixth grade English education and grammar, we will read the Bible completely different. It's because we start putting and reading commas and periods in the wrong places. And when we start stopping God's word and stopping what God says, we're stopping many of the promises. But when we'll let God's word continue to fruition, God's word will explain itself and you'll begin to understand how you've been saved by grace through faith because you've been seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Now I've had a position change and now I can understand the conditions 
that I'm going through. See, a lot of people try to understand the storm in the midst of the storm. When you're hunkered down in the midst of the storm because it's raining on your head and everything's falling apart, you're trying to understand what's going on. But when you get a position change and you fly above the storm, you can then see what's actually going on. We must begin to stop, stop uh, do, putting periods where God puts commas. And this is so pivotal in your life. And, and I've preached parts of this message time and time again throughout the past year and a half because in the body of Christ, if we don't get this point, none of the rest of the seven weeks of this series will help you. And if you want to be a believer who's in it for the long haul, who will run and not grow weary, who will walk and not faint, who will rise up on wings as eagles, amen, we've got to get this point. This is the reason you have Christians that are flashing the pan Christians. They're here for three months. They're gone for six months. They're here for four months. They're gone for two months. They're here for five months. Oh, we're on board, pastor. We're headed with the vision. And then they're never to be seen again. (laughs) Because they have not conditioned themselves to run this race with perseverance. The race marked out for us. And you cannot condition yourself until you're in the right position. And when you get in this right position, it'll give you strength for the long haul. So you'll see a person like a Thai who can say, I served God for a decade, a third of her life, she served God. Didn't grow weary, didn't quit. Were there tough times? Oh, yeah. Volunteers bailing on her right and left. She said, we got this. Long haul. I'm talking long term. What does the next decade of ministry look like in your life? And, I, and we need to start thinking in decades. Some of y'all are like, I can't even think past next week. I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow, much less a decade. But what if we planned out a decade of ministry for this church? And we got a group of people on board that said, I'm in it for the long haul because I'm taking a position change and I will not be dictated by conditions that go on in my life. We must begin to have a position change in Christ Jesus. If we're going to have a position change, that's going to ultimately result in conditions of your life changing. How many want some conditions to change in your life? Amen. Me and my wife want some conditions to change in our life. We pray about them. We we study the scriptures. We're believing God for things in our life. We want some conditions to change. But, we don't, but in that, we don't live in our condition. We live in this position, knowing that now that we live in this position, conditions will change. And we're not going to give up on the Word of God because it says it's going to stand forever. So if we're not giving up on our position, and we're not giving up on the Scripture in this position, the only thing that can eventually change is the condition. Come on, some of y'all should have got some of that. The only thing that can change is the condition. Your grandbaby you've been praying about for 20 years, stand and keep praying. <laughs> Don't grow weary in well-doing, the Bible says. In due time, you're going to reap a harvest. Listen, when you go plant a garden, don't start digging up seeds the next day wondering why the crop hasn't grown. No farmer in his right mind went and planted a cornfield and the next day went and dug all the seed up and say, it just didn't work. <laughs> Come on. You must begin to get in a position where, you enter a posi- where you're in a position and you stay with the word of God in that position, the only thing that can change is your condition. 
And eventually it may come like you're up against the wall, but if you're not leaving your position, the only thing that can change is the condition. And we must begin to get used to condition changes in our life. Colossians 2, 6, I, I preached this part of this at Relentless the other night. And it says, therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, being rooted and built up in him, established in the faith in him, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy, empty deceit, according to human traditions, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, everybody say in him, the whole fullness of the Godhead dwells, or the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwelt in Jesus in bodily form. And you have been filled in him with that same spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, in bodily form, who, who is the head and ruler of all authority. And in him you were circumcised with a circumcision without the hands of men, by, but by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the power of the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you were dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God made you alive together with him. Now, if you didn't get the point of that scripture, it's in him and with him. And where is Jesus right now? At the right hand of the Father. And you're in him and you are with him. At the right hand of the Father. So in this part of the message, we got to begin to understand that if we're in him and we're with him, we're positionally positioned right next to him, our Christian walk should start resembling him. Amen. Now here's the thing. We must, and I, and I said this earlier in the ministry time, we must stop looking at the accounts of Christ and thinking we are the recipient of the miracles. When we read the scriptures and we read the woman with the issue of blood and we love to read that scripture and we love to do messages on that scripture and we love to emphasize all that this woman had gone through with the issue of blood. And I'm not making light of all the trials that this woman went through with the issue of blood. She had great issues. She had an issue of bleeding for 12 years. That's a lot of issue that she's had to, having to deal with. But we like to glamorize how she fought through the crowd and how she did all this stuff. And we put so much emphasis on her. And we said, oh, she just touched him. And she was healed. And we say, oh, if we could just be or have the faith of that woman. Nothing wrong with that. Until you realize positionally you've changed positionally you've changed you no longer can consider yourself that woman with the issue or that man with the issue you must now say because i've had a position change and i'm seated in him and with him that is mentioned nine times in those nine verses i'm seated in him and with him i no longer view myself as the woman with the issue i now view myself as christ the healer of people with issues now, as the body of Christ, what if we all began to read the Gospels and put ourselves in Christ's position, not the woman with the issues position? The woman with the adultery, that Jesus was at the well. We always say, oh, and we always relate ourselves to the sinful woman in adultery because we've all had sin. But now that we've had a position change, we must look at ourselves as Christ. And when people are in sin, we treat them exactly how Christ treats them. You are no longer the, the, the miracle receiver in the Gospels. You are now the miracle giver of the Gospel. Amen. 
It's a position change. It's just like this. When you were working and you got a promotion, how many of y'all have ever got a promotion in your workplace? That's not enough people. (laughs) Y'all should start getting promotions in your workplace. Come on, give me an amen on that. You should be the elite of your workforce and wherever you're at, and you should start getting promotions. Amen. You should start getting promotions at your workplace because you're, a, you're in a different position than everybody else at your workplace. But if, you've ever got a, if you ever got a promotion at your workplace, literally this happened. You went from employee to manager. And now you used to hang out at the water cooler with all your buddies talking about your bosses and how horrible they were. Now you are that horrible boss. Come on. Can I get an amen on that? Nobody from staff say that. All right, come on. Now that you have took a position change, there's a newfound authority that comes with this position. You must begin to exercise or operate in that authority you've been given or you're going to get fired from it. Come on. If in the body of Christ, now that you know you have a new position, a newfound position in your life, if you do not begin to operate in it, you will be walking around authority-less Not because it's God's promise, but it's because of your choosing. And literally, you will forsake ministry and ministering opportunities. I'm not saying he's taking your gift away because it says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. You'll preach somewhere even if you get up and wind up in jail. You'll start preaching in jail. God will get you to your gifting. I'm I'm serious about that. Y'all quit running from your gifting. You're going to do it somewhere, so you may as well do it where God wants it done. But if you do not accept the position that he's put you in, you're going to always walk in less than you were ever intended to walk in. You're always going to walk in less than you were ever intended to walk in. And you know what? I look at my life, and when I get to heaven and I stand before God, and, and, and literally I hope God shrinks down to my side so I can look at my eye, right? He's almighty God, so he's bigger than me. And when he looks at me, it'll just be me and him, and I'm going to be looking at him face to face. And I pray that on that day, I will be able to stand before him and say, I did not walk in less than I was capable of. But in fact, I pray that he looks at me and says, Joel, you did more than you were ever capable of because you were in a new position. Oh, I'm telling you, God supernaturally wanted to change some positions today. I mean, in your life this morning, you, you, you've been so subject to your conditions for so long of, of Northeast Texas, uh, narrow-minded mentality. Some of y'all just got offended by that. Good. Get over it. <laughs> There's a whole other world out there that you've been elevated to a new position to go change. So get ready for a position change because with position, become, there comes authority, there comes responsibility, but there also comes bonus checks. Amen? Amen. Come on. Managers and people in authority get bonuses. So in your life, get ready because don't you want God to bring in the bonus? The people you're praying for get saved, but also the people you weren't praying for start getting saved. The people you were praying for, see, you see a transformation, but then they're so transformed, somebody else starts getting transformed. Don't you like the bonus? Let God begin to exponentially do what you can't do. My final point this morning, and you'll find some of these humorous. Eagles don't fraternize with chickens. 
I wanted to end this on a funny note because I knew how serious the middle would be. <laughs> Eagles don't hang out. Eagles don't run with the fraternities of chickens. Eagles hang with eagles. The problem is you're born to be an eagle and soar, and some of you have been hanging out in a chicken coop. Come on. Listen, you want to know why chicken wire is so flimsy? And it's not got to be that tall? Because chickens were born in a coop on the ground, and they don't know any better that they got wings and should be able to fly. Come on. They don't know any better that they got wings and should be able to fly. And some of you have been hanging around the chickens so long, you don't know any better that you're supposed to be flying, but yet you're scratching for chicken scratch off the ground. And I'll even go so far as to say this. You're settling for a word from a pastor this morning instead of digging into the gospel yourself and finding out what God's got for you. Quit living off my chicken scratch that I'm feeding. <laughs> Come on. And I'm not saying the words I give are bad or, or, or pointless or shallow. I, I hope they're great, and I think they're great. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't give it if it wasn't. But some of you have settled for my preaching when God says, I've got the Son of God himself teaching. <laughs> yes. Go get some of him. Yes. Quit hanging around with chickens. Yeah. Understand this. Chickens are born in nesting coops. You are born in a heavenly place in Christ Jesus. Chickens are vulnerable because of their conditions, but you are settled in a new dominion, in a new domain, with a new position. You're raised up. You're seated in a different place. I marvel when I look at chickens of what their potential is, but what they're stuck doing. We drive by chicken farm after chicken farm after chicken farm, and you look at them all, and they're packed with birds that they're here for one thing, to become food for me and you. The reason you don't see eagle farms, because they're too busy soaring on the high places. And in your life, you've settled for your conditions of being born in a coop, scratching for food when God says it's time to take a new heavenly position. It's time to take a new heavenly position that I've got position for you. Chickens never fly or leave the ground. I'm going to ask you this. You've been set free in our first series. You've been given a gifting and a calling or God's resurrected hopes, dreams, and desires in our last series. Now the choice is yours. You got wings. Are you going to fly? Or are you going to stay flopping on the ground as a chicken and never accomplishing what God's called you to accomplish? I'll say it one more time supernaturally this morning God is going to change positions he wants to take you out of the chicken coop that you've been living in and make you realize I've seated you in a heavenly place in Christ Jesus